We are back with our Sounds of the Session podcast. I'm Mary Beth Hughes here with Chairman Jean-Paul Cousin from Lafayette, who chairs the House Natural Resources Committee. Chairman, thanks so much for being here today. You're welcome. Good morning. So let's jump right in. The oil and gas industry is central to Louisiana, but it's struggling right now. That's the reality. From a big picture, where do you see this industry going? Well, to me, it's it's all about prices. And, you know, we, we're seeing prices hovering in the, in the 50s and 60s right now. Um, there's some projection from the tr- uh, futures trading that within two years we may see $100 oil. Um, I think that bodes well for production in the state of Louisiana, which we're, we're obviously um, – would like to see improving and increasing. Um, you know, all the other plays around the country are um, a little bit more economically feasible. And so what we're doing here in the state is we're trying to make it a little bit more regulatory uh, friendly over here. Um, and from a severance tax perspective, we've been really trying to reduce our highest severance tax in the country um, so that we can incentivize people to drill here versus across the border in, in Texas. So you're from Lafayette. Tell us about how Southwest Louisiana is a player in this arena. Well, Lafayette has obviously always been the epicenter of the oil and gas industry. Um, you know, my district actually has the oil center in it, um, so it is the backbone. But lately, you know, because of the, the prices and, and the difficulties um, from a macro standpoint, um, you know, we've seen a lot of the E&P players move out of state um, and, you know, a lot of, we don't have any majors left. Uh, Chevron has left Lafayette. Um, but we still have a, a, a great engineering um, epicenter. And so a lot of the offshore engineering is occurring in, in Lafayette uh, and Broussard and up and down Highway 90. Um, we still have service companies, major service companies, Franks, Halliburton, um, still have presence in Lafayette. Um, and are looking to grow their manufacturing sectors there. So we have some uh, huge manufacturing opportunities. Um, and I think we still have the workforce that's ready, willing, and able to um, to provide the services to the oil and gas industry. So Lafayette will continue to be the epicenter. We just need more exploration and production in the state and in our coastal waters. Okay, let's get to the good stuff. Your bills. You have a series of oil and gas bills this session. Break them down for us, why they're important, why they're needed from a from a high level. Well, in, in my committee alone, it wasn't all oil and gas, but in the Natural Resources Committee, we had roughly 45 bills that came through our committee, um, and many of them were oil and gas related. Um, some of them have um, passed all the way through the Senate and on the way to the governor. Um, others didn't make it through the process, and so I'll hit real quickly on a couple of them. Um, there's, you know, right now, Louisiana is really taking advantage of, of carbon sequestration and our existing infrastructure, our pipeline infrastructure, our salt dome infrastructure, really our natural resources. And there was a bill this year filed by Melinda White that really set up the regulatory framework for carbon sequestration and took it to a new level where the major players internationally can look at Louisiana and understand what the playing field looks like if, if they want to invest over here. And we're going to see some of those um, big um, investments coming within the next year or two from the from the stakeholders that I've talked to as these bills made their way through the process. Um, so Melinda White's uh, House Bill 572, that has passed the Senate, um, <clears throat> and we're going to concur in any amendments, and that's going to be on its way to the governor. We also uh, represent, uh, Senator Ale and I worked on several um, severance tax bills to try to incentivize the reworking of orphaned and abandoned wells. We have a major problem in our state with four to 5,000 orphaned wells 
uh, that are sitting dormant and they're basically a liability to the state of Louisiana. And so what we did was we had two bills that both reduced the severance taxes on those wells to incentivize somebody to come in and, and try to drill them and make them economically feasible and most importantly, um, basically get them cleaned up in the future. So whoever takes over these wells, the operator would then be the person or the entity that is responsible for plugging and abandoning the well um, when it when it's completed. So um, th- those two bills, I had one and Senator Ali had one. Both of them are in conference right now. Senator Ali and I have now decided to combine the best of both of those uh, bills where basically for the first three months of any entity taking over an orphaned or abandoned well, uh, there will be zero severance tax and the monies that would otherwise be paid towards severance tax would go to the cash flow of the operator. After three months, the the same amount of severance tax that would otherwise be paid to the state department of revenue, 12.5%, or if it was a um, different rate, that amount would be sent to a site specific trust fund that would be built up. um, And at the completion of the well and and after it uh, finished producing, the monies would be used from that site specific trust fund to plug and abandon the well. Anything left over, if they plugged and abandoned it for less than the money that was in the account, uh, would go back to the operator. So there's some incentive to get it done well, efficiently, and and, and reap those rewards. So both of those bills, um, independently, his was the site-specific trust fund. Mine was removing the severance tax altogether. We combined them. Three months with no severance tax, the remainder goes towards site-specific trust fund in the same amount that you would otherwise be paying the severance tax. So those are some good bills. Hopefully we can get some wells cleaned up and maybe a little bit more production out of those dormant wells. Um, We also had, and it's not so much oil and gas related, um, but I had several bills dealing with DEQ this year. Um, So from a petrochemical standpoint, um, that was very important to to those folks. I filed a bill, which is a self-audit program. Um, DEQ asked me to file it. I learned in committee that this bill has been tried several times going back to the 90s, maybe four times in various forms. Uh, This form, we think, was obviously the the, the best one that has been presented thus far. It mirrored some of the the, um, EPA standards from a self-audit program standpoint, um, where the EPA encourages, encourages states to come up with these programs to incentivize companies basically to have a higher standard on themselves than the DEQ or whatever regulating authority uh, would, would you know, have on them by themselves. So instead of a once-a-year type of inspection, this self-audit program encourages monthly inspections internally. And if they find anything internally, they, they can bring those findings to the DEQ and say, listen, here's what we found. We think if you would have found it in a year, it might be a violation of some sort. We're asking for some uh, mitigating circumstances since we are um, self-auditing and pre- pre- and uh, asking to be part of this program. So that has now passed the Senate. That's, uh, that's a good thing. DEQ likes the bill, um, and industry likes the bill. So it looks like it's going to be a great partnership moving forward. We just need the governor to sign the bill. Um, so we'll have that in place for the future. Um, Representative McCormick had filed a bill because the gas pipeline industry was being regulated improperly under Title 30, I think Title 32, which is a public safety um, title, rather than the, the pipeline title, which is Title 30. So they, um, we amended the Title 32 to basically say that the state police are not going to regulate gas pipelines um, as, a, as a facility. They're going to supposed to regu- be regulated by the DEQ and as a um, utility. 
So that was an interesting uh, bill. And then a couple of them that didn't pass, we had the establishing Louisiana as a fossil fuel sanctuary state, which was Representative McCormick. Um, he mirrored his bill off of some bills across the country declaring that a state is a Second Amendment state, for instance. So this one was going to declare Louisiana as a fossil fuel sanctuary state, uh, saying that the federal government couldn't enforce some of its laws in the state of Louisiana. There were all sorts of constitutional issues with that um, and funding issues that if we um, pass this bill, we may lose a bunch of the funding that the federal government actually gives our DEQ to enforce their laws. We have an, basically have an agreement, and states are able to do that with the federal government. And if we pass this, then we would lose millions and millions of dollars. So that bill actually did not make its way through the process, um, but it was a great statement by the representative as far as supporting the oil and gas industry. And so with that, you know, we had a, a dozens of other bills of all shapes and sizes, but I think those were the really highlights. It sounds like you've had, you know, pretty good success this session. And it's hard to believe, you know, in 48 hours, we're wrapping, we are at the finish line of this session. 53 hours. If it, <laughs> I know you're counting down. I know you're counting down. Well, look, so two-part question to wrap this up. So looking ahead, with all of the success you've had this session, looking ahead, what are some other oil and gas priorities that are on the horizon for you that you can see and two, what are your final thoughts as we bring this session to a close? Well, we want to remain competitive. So we have to look at what our neighboring states and the neighboring um, oil and gas plays are doing relative to what we're doing. So to me, it's all about severance taxes um, and, and our regulatory framework and the lawsuits. Okay, coastal lawsuits are going to continue to be a factor in the state. And if we can get those things behind us and, uh, and bring in more capital, um, then it'll be a good thing for, for, I think, for the entire state, not just the in industry. Um, so the, the, oil, the coastal lawsuits will continue to be the major player. Um, Senator Allen had a bill that basically said the coastal lawsuit um, settlement funds, any settlement funds from any lawsuit dealing with the coastal areas, uh, would go 25% to the local, 75% to CPRA, which is already our Coastal Protection Restoration Authority. We don't need to reinvent the wheel with any new um, schemes that are that any of the litigants may come up with. So um, that bill, we had a, a really a fundamental understanding between all sides. There was a couple of tricky parts to it because of pending litigation. So um, we decided to put that bill off and, and let the litigation proceed. And next year, we're going to come back to the table under those same kind of principles, 25% and 75%. If we can get that done, then I think we'll be in good shape and, and industry will start coming back to Louisiana and feeling comfortable about investing. Well, thank you, Chairman Cousin, for joining us. You've been listening to the Sounds of the Session podcast. I'm Mary Beth Hughes with Louisiana Association of Business and Industry. Stay tuned next week as we wrap up this session. Thanks for joining us.